0: Welcome to the Conversation with Rainforest Engineers podcast. India's first podcast for and by civil engineers. Join us on our journey to simplify and bring you experiences straight from the industry. This is your host Padmadev Joshi along with the co-host Gokulji Kumar and ES Krishnaram. So let's jump right into it. Hello all and welcome back to the channel, Conversation with Renforce Engineers, a podcast series. We are very thankful to all our audience members. We have successfully crossed around 150 subscriptions on all the platforms. So today's topic for discussion is educational system, a story from engineers' mind. So if we talk about the educational system, we, we have a long story to talk for India. Like it is more of a feeling, it is more of a concern for our parents, for our students, like which stream we are going to select. And if I talk specifically about the engineering colleges in India, the situation is a bit dicey. Like every year, we are saying that engineering seats are being cut off by the AICTC because of different reasons. Like the institutes are not been able to get the minimum requirement standards set by the AICTC. The students are not able to cope up with the course, and these are the very common issues we are facing. Even the unemployment is one of the growing concern. So, as part of today's discussion, we will be covering these things. Mindset of students, how we select this, what is the future opportunities and concern for the engineers? And such stories we'll be sharing today. So if you have any questions, if you have any suggestions to share, please you can mail us to cwrepodcast at the gmail.com We would love to answer it and would love to have your feedback. So now coming to Gokul. Uh, Gokul, as you are aware with the today's topic, so what were your initial thoughts when you decided to choose the stream as a
1: further study? So, can you sell a few views on it, Gokul? So, I'll start with uh, why uh, in India we are too much oriented towards professional education. What happens in most of the families is from the childhood, uh, the children are motivated to become a particular or to take a particular future career. What happens is these things are engraved into their minds since childhood. So, this thing is correctly depicted in this movie, Three Idiots. Uh, I think (laughs) you would have seen that. So, that there is a famous dialogue to doctor banega ya engineer beta so, engineer this... banega <laughs> <laughs> yeah something so, like that so true. what this thing depicts is uh, the difference between what the passion of student is and what in what direction they are getting the career i believe that uh, there is a middle class mentality also we believe that seeking an education is for seeking jobs now also many people believe that if we do engineering we will get a decent job we pass from a decent college and our life will be secured. So uh, I believe that there was a situation when Mm -hmm. the supply and demand uh, basically matched at that time. Earlier, only 5 or 10% of the student population opted for engineering or doctor's stream. So what happened was we only had uh, our reputed government colleges and some of the private institutes which used to coach students in engineering. Then they used to get a good job after that. But now the situation is totally changed. Now we have a high supply, but we don't have that demand. So there is a mismatch in supply and demand. And the quality is also decreasing day by day. And I think uh, Krishna would like to add much on this. Krishna? So Google, thank you
2: for that introduction regarding the current state of education system in India. Actually, uh, some of the uh, things that you are shedding some light upon is actually true. But I would like to have a very contrarian view on this. Because see, India is a very huge country. We have around 1.3 billion people. We still lack in the basic infrastructure, or or whatever parameter you take uh, mm. on like science, technology, engineering, and and other fields. We are definitely lacking between counterparts from uh, United States or even European countries. Where we are lacking, it's as Gokul said, mainly on the quality aspects. So what he correctly mentioned are education system got privatized sometime back yes so that move towards privatization was much needed because there were a couple of like literally you could count the number of engineers from town or a village and there was genuine need for that privatization to happen but somewhere along the lines what happened is that privatization happened a lot of people got the opportunity to pursue all these kind of white collar kind of jobs or say even education. But what happened is that quality of the lessons that they were taught was very low. Mm-hmm. So so currently uh, Google also mentioned about the supply and demand. I guess there will always be demand for good doctors, good engineers. There is always demand for that. Where we are lacking is that even if there are a requirement for say 1000 civil engineers, the situation is such that the education system is not able to provide 1000 good civil engineers. That is the biggest problem.
0: Yeah, so I would like to take this opportunity to say a very interesting stats here. Uh, recently, News India Express said the statistics that if you talk about academic year 2008 and nine, there were around 8 lakh seats available for engineering students, including UG and PG. It quite boosted somewhere around 2012 to 15 near around 18 lakh like seats then if you look at the statistics of 2018 and 19 it drastically four by four lakh like seats so can you can you see the difference or the high number of seats value it is not only one of the concern we are talking about it's not rightly mentioned about the the requirement of good quality professionals like when you say okay we are going to nurture 1000 good engineers you required at least 100 good professionals to teach them what are the industry outlooks and it doesn't only require a PhD degree, it also required a good sound industry knowledge also. So what are your thoughts on that Gokul?
1: Yes PD, you have rightly said that uh, because poor infrastructure, it's a thing uh, what is threatening our education department. So what happening is as Krishna told, uh, the number of private engineering colleges are increasing mm-hmm. and they are not able to maintain that quality what earlier we had. Yes. So. It's happening. They call to institutions like IITs. We don't have uh, streets over there. And now what's happening is there is very much less exposure towards practical things, I believe. And I recently read in newspaper, as you have said, that more than 200 colleges have been shut down due to poor infrastructure. Hmm. What they lack is the best labs, best teachers to guide the students. So there is periodic visit to all the AICTE institutions. So what happens is when... Faculties, when experienced faculty go there and check, there is no good labs, there are no uh, correct infrastructure for students to learn, there is no atmosphere or faculties for them. They report to uh, their higher authority, and uh, as a result, these colleges get closed. So this is this is what happens with these colleges, and not only in any particular state, it's happening in whole India. So Krishna, you believe the same?
2: Yes, I do believe that. But the fact of the matter is that such colleges should never have been allowed to run, right? So these below grade colleges whose qualities are below average, there is no harm in closing them down. Because I personally don't believe that they might have ever contributed anything very meaningful. (laughs) So sure, there might be a couple of very brilliant students even coming from such colleges, but that cannot be held to the college, right? It is based on, yes. the, uh, what you say, capacity and the capability of that student that the uh, college was never doing anything because if it was, it, it would have been providing good labs and good facilities for those students. That being said, another, uh, maybe a bit controversial opinion, I would say. And I don't know how much of this is true around India, but one issue that we face is that we are taught by faculties who are taught by other faculties (laughs) or these faculties, what happened Mm. is that they don't have the, what you say, much needed industry uh, knowledge or uh, I'm not uh, being rude or something like that, but that is what is happening. Our faculty, our professors, they do a B-tech, they do an M-tech, they learn how to Teach students, and then they come and teach us. Uh, but there are certain institutions where this is not true, where the quality of faculties and professors are given much importance, and uh, they are sourced from who are actually practicing professionals. And what is interesting is that the result that we get from such institutions, and the quality of the students that we get from such institution, where the faculty or the professors are actually trained on site, and then they are sharing their knowledge that they got from the industry. I guess that that really has a lot of difference when you compare two colleges side-by-side side with those differences being primarily those faculties. What do you think, PD, regarding this? agree with the point. Current education system relies on the
0: professors who recently graduated or their industry experience, say 5 or 10 years. The way we go for intensive, I think they also plan to do something very similar to get updated with the technology and the changing demands. So when you talk about <laughs> technology in educational system, Do you feel that we still struggle a lot when when it comes to computer application or when it comes to new technology, which is being adopted? I'm not saying that it is completely adopted by the industry, rarely adopted, but still the educational institute takes years to adopt it. And even after adopting, they're only giving some few fragments of it to the students. So what do you think about it? Gokul?
1: Uh, I believe PD now most of the institutions are having the smart classes and uh good uh, smart interfaces for the students. And even they are using it, but I believe technology should be there. See, uh, but Google, I, I
2: would, I would like to interfere uh, now itself because see, it yeah. is true that classrooms have this smart class, but frankly, like other than for sharing a PPT through those uh, <laughs> projectors, what else have you seen on from those projectors?
1: Absolutely. What you have said is absolutely correct the faculties should come forward and the management should come forward with all the other uses of this. Faculties mostly pre- prefer playing a PPD on this platform, but they are not aware of that. We can also do some other steps or we can explain students more in a very good way through this means.
0: That's a very uh, great concern raised by Gokul. So Gokul, this is from the institutional side, but if you talk from student perspective, what changes do you expect to see in students' mindset? How they should cope up with such a type of challenges? Do you think we still like in doing some research by ourselves? Are we aware of the resources, technologies available in the market? So what is your take on that?
1: Yes, PD, you rightly pointed out this thing. As a student, we always ignored what we have in our college. So our libraries and our e-learning platforms, whatever, which is provided by a college, we usually ignored it. And as a student, there was opportunities which was provided to us in our college days. But most of us are reluctant to take that. So I believe from student side also, there should be active participation so that their personality and their skill can be developed.
2: Actually, it's true. Uh, What is the biggest drawback or where our education system failed very miserably is that it failed to create genuine interest in the minds of people. See, I'll, I'll try and bring up two instances where this was proved very wrong or like what could have been done. Me and uh, Gokul had this classmate Gokul Santosh uh, back in our yes. BTEC days. So you might remember him uh, trying to model this water tank in a 3D uh, software. Yes, yes. Because see, I, I'll just give the brief uh, uh, situation so that uh, our uh, audience can also better understand. So I guess uh, it was design of steel structures, classes were going on. What do you say? The design was going so fast. We literally had no idea. We know that, okay, this is there, <laughs> this is their horizontal brace, vertical brace. That goes their bottom plate, cover plate, and a uh, lot of stuff were going above our head. And, uh, this guy <laughs> Google, he decided, okay, I know that some of the students in our class is not understanding what the uh, teacher is saying. So he took the effort to make a 3d model on a 3d modeling software back then. He, he learned that by mm-hmm. himself, he uploaded it on a website and he shared it with the class. So it was an interactive 3d model. You can just swipe it and have a 360 view around that subject. I mean, around that object and, uh, All those students who saw that 3D model was in a better situation to understand what that design was. But the thing is, the education system never encouraged a person (laughs) to take that much effort in understanding what is happening. Right? So if if the system was able to create that curiosity in the mind of that student, then I would say 90% of the work on the part of the system is solved then and there itself so that hmm. is what one part so what what happens if the education system can do that to every single side see this is just one uh, student doing a lot of extra work so that the other students are also benefit actually he shared this stat around 2 or 3 months back around uh, i guess that 3d model was viewed around 1200 times our class oh, had so a strength, our class had a strength of around 60 so just think, there are other 1,200 people who are searching for 3D models of that <laughs> uh, design online. So, he, and they stumbled upon the design that he made and uploaded. So you just think, if the system can create the curiosity in the minds of all the students who are learning in a college, the difference that it would have on the entire society would be very drastic. Hmm. So that yes, is yes. one point. Yes. And, and another example I would like to quote, actually, I was recently I was going through this online courses like on... Coursera edX and stuff like that. So they have this course by Harvard University. Actually, I was trying to learn computer science. I don't know why. And you and nice I uh, started. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, so I completed
0: uh, I, CS50 and I'm Oh, like CS50. Trying...
2: I, I was about to speak about CS50 uh, I, I completed CS50. Now I'm trying to
0: design a game basically. So so
2: you 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 saw the first hour, right?
0: The way he explains the scenario, the way he presents example, it's beautiful. Like how simply you can explain
2: the definition? That was fantastic. So that that was one, uh, what you say. I, I wanted to bring up that example because see, even he was using PPTs, but you can't learn from that PPT. You have to yes. listen to him to understand the PPT was just an support system, right? So I actually, I guess uh, all of you can just go and listen to that one hour of video on Uh, Computer Science, Introduction to Computer Science at Harvard, CS50X, I guess it's freely available on YouTube also. yes, It it just shows you how different the teaching system is abroad when compared to what we have in India. It is like day and night. It is that different. (laughs) (laughs) So two examples that I wanted to share regarding curiosity and like kindling interest in the minds of the students.
0: I think our audience yes, yes, and Gokul <laughs> and me will be thanking you for this. It's a very beautiful yeah, exactly, example man. you you came
1: up with. Yes, Krishna, you pointed it ra- rightly. Even I was speaking with uh, one of my friends who is in Germany. So he said the right thing that there is segregation based on their passion uh, in their fourth, fourth grade itself. If I want to become an engineer or uh, I have to take some professional education, then that person is segregated and then uh, there will be a different curriculum for him, and if one person he's uh, like he believes in skilled working and he's not having that uh, passion in it, so he can offer another thing, like for example, carpentry or some masonry. But the difference between uh, these two jobs there is they are equally paid. There, hmm. that's the difference. An MTech structural engineer who who is graduated from Germany might get a little more than what a carpenter he used to earn per day. There is no difference, uh, basically no difference between the pay what they are getting. So that's why people are more. Google, not before,
2: that... before, going on, before going in, I would like to just add a very mm-hmm. small point. See, even if the difference in salary between a carpenter and a structural engineer having an MS in Germany might not be that different. But mm-hmm. what, what is stunning is that the social respect that those two people get there is the same. And that is something exactly. that we lack behind very badly in India.
1: Yeah, because see, when when you are getting same social respect, when you're having same uh, salary, when you're when you're happy with your life, then see, that's the mindset of the people uh, there. So I think there should be some change in curriculum so that all these factors can be incorporated in our syllabus also.
0: True, Gokul. So now that you raised the question of foreign education system and Indian education system, So, do you think we still lack in collaborative opportunities for the students? Like, uh, you might have heard that uh, government colleges nowadays are giving opportunity to the students to take one course uh, at at the foreign universities, which they have tied up. So, do you think uh, more such collaborations should be done? We should bring up more faculties and students from the institutes, and we should send our students to know, like, what all things are happening in their industry and where we are lacking or where we are good at? Because if you talk of indian education and the students we are very good with the statistics and mathematical formulas but when we start working on the field we still lack like in some of the aspects to handle this site in some of the aspects to look the project from different perspective so what, what do you think about it gokul
1: yes pd you have rightly pointed it out uh, it is a very necessary thing uh, like student exchange or faculty exchange program in our curriculum so it will give exposure to all things happening in the world to our faculties and students also. So that they can go there and they get that exposure and they come back to India and implement this in India. So, yes, PD, it's really a thing which should be implemented.
2: Okay, guys. So I guess we have been talking about the educational system, our faculties, our colleges, and uh, even, even foreign education and how stuff like that is happening there. So would you guys like to share about the impact that our parents' mindset have on our child's education, how that matters <laughs> to the future yeah. of the child.
0: Krishna, you again started talking about circle of life. It is very really hard to decode, like going in our parents' mind and what we are actually looking to do as a professional. So if I tell you my story, like make it 12th standard, I was always looking to do mechanical engineering. <laughs> I'm not very surprised to say that because all my friends are like, looking to do that. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. Then I went to one of the seminar and they were explaining about each and every discipline, like what mechanical students have to do, what, what civil engineers have to do. And then I'm like, OK, I'm not at all interested <laughs> into, into this aspects of engineering. So what, what actually I'm interested in. So then I again reevaluated the process. I tried to visit project sites with my father. And then I came to a decision, OK, engineering is something I'm OK to do with. Yeah, Krishna. So you asked a
2: very great question. So what was your story, actually? Actually, before going to all that, I was actually quite surprised to hear that you did evaluative study to understand which branch of engineering <laughs> you, you needed to take. I, I'll share a funny story. My parents <laughs> asked me to take mechanical engineering. I was like, Ah, oh. oh, there are probably no girls no, in mechanical a- engineering classes. Kids, uh- no, 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 no. I'll take civil engineering. That is how I ended up at civil engineering. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I have been lucky with uh, the aspect from my parents because they have been really understanding. They ultimately gave in to my wishes. So I guess I don't have anything to complain on that aspect. But uh, that is definitely not something that we hear around every day because uh, parental pressure is something that is there. So some people are being forced into taking engineering, doctorate, even, even students from 7th, 8th standard are being forced into preparing for IAS. So it is there, (laughs) but luckily I have been saved from that. Google, do you have anything to share?
1: Yeah, yes, Krishna. Yeah, you have rightly said that uh, now the mindset has totally changed. Not totally, but most of the parents now think that they should be with their children. They should understand their passion. It's coming up. I'd share my experience how I came to civil engineering at the time of my 12th class uh, some work, construction work was going on in my in my house so I was searching all all websites and all things. where should I go like what course I, I should opt for uh, and where should I divert my career uh, I asked like some contractors were there in my home so I I was like I'll go I will go to them and I'll just see what they are doing <laughs> their work and everything I'll just focus on it So then it came in my mind that why not, uh, it's a very good thing, like construction as an industry, it fascinated me. Then uh, I thought like, yes, I should give a try. I asked more about this uh, from the contractors and uh, I mingled a lot with them (laughs) and it it really uh, helped me a lot in choosing my career.
0: So yeah, that's very interesting story said by both of you. Here I wanted to highlight this one very beautiful word, which I learned uh, back somewhere in fourth year of my engineering. It's called brain drain. I think both of you will be aware with the term. Yes,
2: yes, yes. Yes,
1: yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so just there, to... there won't
2: be any technical debate without <laughs> this topic. Yeah. Know, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. So just to set a context for our audience, I'm just trying to narrate the definition given by the Investopedia. As per them, brain drain is a slang term indicating substantial immigration or migration of individuals from their country to other foreign countries to either get the good education Or just to have a better standard of living. So when you talk about brain drain, as per 2019 statistics, more than 85% students try to go to some other foreign institute just for the higher education. And it is also raising alarming concern for an Indian industry, because we are in a verge of developing hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars being affected for the infrastructure development. And we are losing this opportunity. So what is your take on that, Goku? Like, why did you uh, go out and why did you choose to study in India?
1: yes when you ask this question 12th class student we always look for like our friends are going abroad we always look for that and even yeah some of the universities even there was a trend that people go to germany and study at that time also it was <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, yes you rightly mentioned that brain drain it is uh, it's there we can see a lot of examples our indian students going abroad and they are settling there they are exploring things there and they are getting good opportunity to become uh, CEOs, like for we we know a lot of examples. I don't have to mention each of them, right? Yes, it's happening. It's happening with us. Yes, I also look for the opportunities. But the first thing which uh, concerns us is the price of the education, right? Like when we go (laughs) abroad and we'll study, it's a huge investment for that. (laughs) True, true. Yeah, that was the first concern. And another thing is like we never had that awareness or no one. uh, We never had someone who, who can tell us that, yeah, you can go there and you can achieve your passion. It's something different there. Like that thing was never taught or told to us at that time.
2: Yeah. So see, uh, I guess uh, for every student, idea of going abroad and studying at a foreign university comes up somewhere. But uh, I've always uh, felt that, uh, what do you say, my uh, playing field would be in India. And uh, I would like to contribute to the growth of the nation as a citizen. And as a professional from India. So I thought even if I go abroad and learn, I I would ultimately want to come back to India and uh, work here. So I was like, is it giving me the best, uh, what you say, return on investment on learning something? We won't be learning IS code, IS456. We won't be learning abroad. So ultimately, if I'm coming back to India and working here, I guess I thought uh, it would be better if I study here itself. So. (laughs) <laughs> maybe that may might have been a very what do you say a flawed philosophy but uh, that was something even even i have thought about that and as google already mentioned uh, finances are always a problem because foreign education is always very expensive and uh, what do you say student debt trap is is huge yeah so hmm. maybe if you're if you're uh, starting with zero debt and uh, if you're at a good position, I guess it would always be better than starting with a very big buyer of educational
0: loan. Yeah, that's very rightly mentioned by Krishna. Even my initial mindset was to work in India in terms of infrastructure development. That was the only thought from my parents as well. But I was so passionate about uh, staying abroad. Like I was so much into it because all my friends and batchmates were trying to apply there. Uh, Even my seniors were there. So I was like, okay, this is what I was looking for. But I think somewhere down the line it was not the course structure which was attracting me to go and study there. It was the standard of living which I was trying to gain along with the course. So that was my initial philosophy. Then I, I studied with you guys, so you know the story after that. But if <laughs> <laughs> I said a very interesting story, it's like if you if you talk about legacy, the things will change. In recent interview, the great legend, Mr. A. M. Nayak from LNT. He said the story with the economic times that when his son decided to move to foreign countries for he initially encouraged them. But now after working so many years in India, he's thinking, OK, that was the only mistake I made in my life. So now even he's thinking of oh, the opportunities are in India. So overall philosophy and things are changing. But I think it will take some time to settle it down. So now, again, coming back to the topic, if you talk about the practical exposure, given a choice as a construction management professional, what are the five things you think it needs to be included into our course curriculum? Be be it engineering course curriculum or the uh, construction management course curriculum, what are the five things which you feel like should be included?
1: Yes, PD. I believe that there are a lot of changes which have to be happened. But some of them I'll mention the first thing would be more focus on research and development program in our curriculum because we uh, we have a project in our final year of B-Tech or uh, we have it in our post graduation also but what happens is most of the universities take it for namesake only and they it's just for namesake they are doing research but i believe that if research and development pro- uh, programs are uh, given due importance and uh, if you pick up a person like if a student is too much interested in this this area you you just find him out in the first year itself and give him more opportunities to come forward with new things because it's always happens that most of the good talent uh, dies in our engineering uh, itself because of our curriculum the first thing is that then uh, i would like to say the curriculum there should be more uh, addition of technical uh, advancement in our industry then there should be faculty training programs i would say because as Krishna already mentioned, about the lack of training among the faculties. And uh, one important thing is the promotion of entrepreneurship among these students. Because uh, it's the main thing, I believe. You should uh, provide them correct information about how to become an entrepreneur or how they can come up with their own ideas. Uh, because a lot of, even uh, in, a, in our b time also, we always had some uh, ideas in our mind that we always think about something and we we try to come forward with it, but somehow uh, uh, due to our curriculum or something, we just drop it there and we move forward. It usually happens. So if a person is or a student is having good innovative ideas uh, with him, the college should promote him. The college should promote him and help him to come forward with that. Okay. Anything else you want to add? See, when
0: you talk about entrepreneurship, you talk about research and development. I have an opinion from Krishna, the legend. Yes, uh, by yes, the yes. audience, we have given a name <laughs> to Krishna. We now call him Thala. <laughs> so please uh, drop into comment section Thala. So Thala, uh, I have one very interesting question for you. You are running this so at Institute also, the startup club. So what do you think? Why we are not able to encourage students and even faculty members to join this and promote this? What do you think will be the future? Do you think uh, there will be more job opportunities if we are looking from an entrepreneur side or we we should stick with the traditional uh, job market?
2: See, actually, there are uh, two sides to that. First thing is most of the Indian students are never exposed to the business side of things, right? See, even if you you go home and say to your mom or dad that you want to start a business, the first thing that they would say is they would list n number of business failures, say that business is a risky (laughs) business, uh, say that there are financial risks involved. See, we, we we don't feel very confident about starting a business, right? That is because of the environment that we are raised in. Only a very few percentage of parents engages entrepreneurial mindset in their children. So we were always said, you are not supposed to think in that direction, right? So that is one aspect. The other aspect is, the entire educational system is focused in such a way that you become a job seeker, not a job creator. Even see, even when we did four years of our b we were taught how to design stuff like, say, slaps, columns, and stuff like that. But they they didn't even teach a sim- simple thing such as like, how should you apply for a job? Or how should you <laughs> get a job? They, they, didn't, they did not even teach that. And then they taught all this. So the thing with starting a company or starting a business, uh, especially after graduation seems like a very distant dream for most of the students. There are exceptions like people who come from business background, those who have seen what is happening behind the scenes. They they know that okay, this is the right path. I should not be a job seeker. I should be a job creator. See that that is why what you say our degrees are known as professional degrees, right? Because we have the capability and the capacity, at least on paper, uh, to have employees with us. Like we can start a company or uh, we can start an organization with different employees. You can't say that for, a, what do you say, MA in economics or uh, stuff like that. Those are mm-hmm. different set. Our degree is a professional degree, but that is on paper. You you never see that translating into, what you say, real life value. So it's there, it's there. I guess a lot to be changed, especially in the, uh, what do you say, mindset of the students. See, mm-hmm. the first thing you teach the, uh, what do you say, student to think in that, manner or think in that fashion, you you don't, uh, what you say, close an entire section of uh, <laughs> business or entrepreneurship from him or her in the initial years of their life. You say that if you want to experiment, because say age 20 to 30 is something that uh, students should be able to experiment, even if they lose some money in the initial years, it's not going to be very huge, right? Because those years are the years where you can take the mass- maximum risk. See, there are going to be failures, but- If you do it enough number of times, one huge success can always offset all the minor setbacks that you have ever faced. So I guess it's a lot about the mindset and a lot to be changed over there.
0: So that's it guys for the first part of two-part series on the current state of education system in India. Do tune in for the part 2.
1: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Conversations with Reinforced Engineers podcast. Hope you found value in the discussion and do tune in for next episodes. And in case if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for updates on future episodes. Thank you once again and have a great day.